0: Christ Church, New Malden, Sunday, the 3rd of October, 2021, 11 o'clock service. Tim Davis speaking in the series, How the Bible Presents the Church, The Building of God. Very good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Um, can everybody get their fingers like this? Nice and warmed up. And can you then join them and interlock them and then join them together? Because I like this bit. Follow me. Here's the church. Put your fingers at the top up, here's the steeple, get your thumbs, open the doors, wiggle them out, there's the people. The building of God, you got that? Brilliant, my talk is done. You can have another 17, 18 minutes back. Just kidding. Uh, I guess we probably should spend a bit of time um, looking at what the Bible says about the church as the building of God. Um, I want to start by asking you this question. Um, what do you think of? What comes to mind when you picture, when you think about a church building? What does it contain? Do you, do you think of a church um, like this? Um, something like uh, Christ Church here or St. John's, our daughter's church down the road. When you picture a church, does it perhaps ever look something like this? Something a bit more bare? Or could you imagine... A church looking like this, after some horrendous event has has become it? Does your vision of a church back to a huge dome like that of St. Paul's? I don't know if you've ever been to St. Paul's and stood underneath it. It's just a wonder to behold. Or does it have a tall spire like the uh, fantastic wedding cake topper tiered one atop St. Bride's Fleet Street, just a stone's throw down from St. Paul's? imagine your church building what's inside it could it look like a huge arena like some of the mega churches in the us or does it perhaps have a grand organ like the frobenius organ seen here at all saints kingston maybe there are some more atmospheric lights behind the worship band and a light up cross as you might see from time to time in churches like htb Well, I don't think any of these are specifically um, described in the Bible as the template for how to build a church building. Uh, In fact, other than the instructions given to how to build the temple in Jerusalem, um, the Bible doesn't really talk about a physical building, the church. Um, I'm pretty sure we're not all meant to cram into one uh, one temple in Jerusalem to worship God. So what is the building of God then? What a key thing I want us to think about this morning uh, is this: the building of God is not a physical building as such, made of bricks and mortar like Christchurch, but a physical presence of God in us and of God dwelling in us. And if that sounds like we're going to be talking kind of metaphors this morning. We kind of are, but you know, the Bible is full of metaphors and they help us to understand something more of the nature of God. So what is church, the church? The church consists of God's people, us, it's the assembly of the believers in Christ Jesus. The physical buildings, they facilitate the fellowship, the worship, and the ministry Of God's people but it is not the church now the early Christian church was persecuted Christians couldn't meet together in big buildings they had to meet in secret in people's homes both last year and this year churches across the world were forced to close their doors to help stop the spread of coronavirus now we didn't meet in a common building um, a church as it were yet we still met together as church online and through the distribution of recorded services but church is a physical building it was almost as if it was becoming something redundant but then what is god's building what does it mean to be a part of god's building if we're thinking about it being the presence of us and of god dwelling in us does it mean merely to be in fellowship with other christians other believers that we find ourselves together with and with whom we coordinate all the outward functions and things that need to be taken care of within the life of the church? Or do we build up a presence of God simply by being church somehow? Do we need to rely on God coming to us to establish and building himself somehow? As you can see, it's not that easy to explain or perhaps to understand but we can at least start with a dream in the Bible. Um, Jacob's dream at Bethel, which we had read to us uh, by Dick Waller, is an odd incident, really, and yet it's this really vivid description of what Jacob saw in his dream, his vision. Um, it all goes a bit Led Zeppelin like. Uh, Jacob dreams that he sees the stairway to heaven. Uh, If you can now try and erase the Led Zeppelin riff, that would be great, uh, from your mind. Um, And he sees this stairway to heaven on which these angels of the Lord were freely ascending and descending, coming and going to and from earth and back to heaven. And then God speaks to Jacob, makes the similar promise to him that he has made to Abraham, namely that Jacob will have many descendants and God will bless them. And then Jacob wakes up and he says fearfully these wonderful words how awesome is this place there is, this is none other than the house of god this is the gate of heaven now at first when you think that it's, a, it's an odd choice of things to say i had a dream and now i think this is actually where i am the house of god the gateway to heaven and he's sort of giving it this physical presence and, di- and dimension in his description. And yet, I think the language Jacob uses points us towards this idea of the building of God as God with us and among us and in us. Now, when we do the whole fun, here's the church, here's the people, open the doors, there's the people. If you look at your fingers, entwined, mingled together, And I think it's this idea of God's building being the mingling of God with man that we see being represented here in Jacob's dream. Ever since the fall, the first sin, the banishment of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, there's been this action of God to bring about the restoration of the relationship between himself and mankind and to establish his kingdom here on earth. This vision, this dream of Jacob's, of a stairway between heaven and earth, represents the bringing of God into man, and man into God. And Jacob honors this realization of the building of God by naming that place he was staying at Bethel, which means house of God. Now, when we think of the metaphor of building a church, We can see the interaction of God and man throughout the Bible. Key players such as the prophets and other figures in the Bible leading all the way up to the incarnation of Jesus where God became fully man and lived among us. Jesus, the Son of God, was incarnated to be the Son of Man. One of the titles given to him. The Son of Man is God mingled with man. He is a man of heaven, yet here on earth. A man on the earth, yet still of and from heaven. Jesus' own words at the start of John's Gospel directly reference this dream of Jacob's when he says, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven and you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending. And descending on the Son of Man. And through his sacrifice and resurrection, this wonderful Son of Man brings God and man together and makes heaven and earth one. The um, wonderfully named 20th century Christian preacher, a man called Witness Lee, great name, um, he wrote extensively about this idea of the mingling of God and man, directly referencing that vision of Jacob's stairway to heaven. And Witness Lee sums it up as this. He says, this mingling is the divine building, the building of God. Throughout all the generations and unto the end of this age, what God has been doing and what he still will do is to accomplish this divine building. God continually brings himself through Christ to man and brings man through Christ to himself. This is the building of God. I think this is also at the heart of what Paul is saying to the Ephesians in the second reading that we heard. God worked to give us peace and to bring us salvation, reconciling humanity to God. And in doing so, we all become one. Not set apart by different denominations, different backgrounds, but one body of Christ, one church, one building of God. Every building has its foundations. And our faith has the foundations in the people like Moses, like Jacob, the prophets, the apostles. But the cornerstone of our faith, the cornerstone of this building of God, is Christ Jesus. As Paul says in the reading, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Uh, as well as writing about the mingling of God and man, the um, Christian, Chinese Christian preacher Witness Lee had a particular focus on the notion of something he calls the economy of God, uh, now, the economy of God sounds like an odd term, um, but it's actually a direct quotient, quotation from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, and it uses the Greek word uh, for economy, uh, which primarily signifies the... I think you describe it like household management, the household administration arrangement and distribution of goods within a household for the benefit of the members of that household. It's essentially the management of your household affairs, how you look after and care for those within your house. And Witness Lee puts forward the idea that God's economy is to distribute himself, to dispense himself as the household goods to his chosen people, the family of God, as members of his household, for them, for us, to possess and to enjoy this is the very nature of God, that he gives himself to us to dwell in our lives so that we are building up him here on earth. You now, in his essence, God is perfect. God is infinite. God can't expand. He is infinite. But in his economy, God increases, expands, and is enlarged in and through our humanity. When we become members of God's family, when we accept Christ as our saviour, we become part of the enlargement and expansion of God. The more we enjoy the Lord in our life and as our life, the more he increases in in us and the more we become his increase, overflowing with his love God's building is not something that's set apart from God. It is the enlargement and expansion of God to express himself in this corporate, collective way. For this to be made possible, Christ needs to increase in our lives. As Paul says, Christ needs to increase, and we must decrease. The building of God becomes almost um, an action, a verb, not just a noun. So when we talk about the building of God, this unusual term which doesn't refer to the physical building, we are actually talking about the living, breathing, growing church. The whole body that is represented by all those who believe in God and are united as one through his spirit, dwelling richly in our lives. And we all have an active part to play in the building god it's the building in which christ his ministries and believers are involved and it is made up of people it's not a material building it's a living building made made up of alive lively stones each one of us the people of god at the beginning of ephesians chapter 2 paul talks about being made alive in christ Where once we were trapped by our sinful nature and in our sinful nature, we are now made alive in Christ by God's great love and mercy. As Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, says Paul, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This economy of God, making himself known in us, dwelling in us, so that God may be expanded through us, has been a process for thousands of years and will continue to do so throughout eternity. And right now, we are a part of that. We are a part of the building of God, made alive in Christ, living lives where God's spirit dwells in us. So going back to those early questions, what does the building of God look like? What are its features? What exists within it? I think the concept of the building of God does include many of the things that we considered and looked at in those pictures. It needs ministers, pastors, leaders. It needs fellowship and friendship and encouragement and support. It needs to be alive with worship and worshippers. It needs to be a house for God's habitation by the Spirit. There's always the first question that should be asked when we consider The building of God is if Christ is building the house is he leading us or are we focused too much on what we think the church as the building of God should be not letting God lead us but trying to lead ourselves with our own interests and desires we pray each Sunday your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven And for me, that is the essence of what we've been thinking about this morning. That is the building of God. That, this, is Bethel. The increase in God. The enlargement of God. For God's corporate expression. Made possible through the dwelling of God in our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we are a family united in you members of the building of god and we ask that your spirit will dwell richly in our lives all our days we ask that you will increase in us that your love and mercy will overflow in our lives and to and through one another where you become known throughout the world bringing others to know you bringing salvations to all we thank you for the hope and the promise you've given us of a kingdom without evil, without suffering, and where you reign, and where we are a part of that big family of God. We thank you. We ask that your spirit continue to inhabit our lives as members of the building of God here on earth. Amen.